Hey DLs, Revzy again, jumping into your ear holes once more to just say, like on Friday, we haven't had a chance to record this week because Gem's crook with the vid in ISO. So here is one of your voted favorite episodes of all time, and we'll have some fresh content for you next week. Big love. How are you? I'm okay. I just feel like my cup isn't in properly. Oh, fuck. I, I'm starting to wonder if it's to do with the shape of my canal. <laughs> Your vagina. My canal. (laughs) (laughs) What's happening in your canal? Is it Venice? Is it flooding? Okay. Menstrual cup. Yeah. When you insert yours. Yes. Do you feel it pop open to its full diameter? You need to, otherwise you get leaky cups. Yeah, so I can feel that when it pops open that there's a side that's slightly compressed. And now I'm wondering if my vaginal canal Mm. is actually the shape of a semicircle righto <laughs> it's got one flat wall and one curved and one curved because i leak and i can tell it's not in right and i'm supposed yep. to be the pro of cups because i talked about it on instagram like i was an expert so i nailed it the first time i ever used it i was like this is amazing why wouldn't you do this it was so perfect and then like every period since i've struggled yes what fold do you do? So I do the tulip. Yeah, I do the tulip too. Yeah. But the thing with the tulip is because it makes it the smallest and the pointiest yep. for easy insertion. Yeah. I think it's the hardest to unfold, to deflower. So what I do now is I like do the tulip, but I don't go all in. I do like a half ass tulip, okay. get it in, and then you've got to rotate it 360. Oh, the twist. you got to do the twist and then it seals. Do you know what? That's the step I'm missing. Yeah. you got to do the 360 twist. Okay. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna readjust my cup. It shouldn't matter the architecture of your vag because it's silicon, so it should just mold to whatever walls are going on in there. Look, something's going on in there because okay. I still have to wear my period undies with my cup to catch some sort of leakage situation. Every day? Yeah. Oh, that's bullshit. No, you should be able to just have a cup and then rock a G banger. <laughs> Imagine G bangers. No, what even are those? It's so nineties. I know. I, I haven't worn a G string in a very long time, <laughs> especially not on my period. But what I like about the cup when it works is that you almost feel like you don't have your period. It's got that twelve-hour wear. But you got to get it in right at the beginning of the day. Yes. You don't want to do it with two kids. Like, what are you doing? Well, okay. <laughs> I remove my cup in the shower at the end of the day yep. because I'm incompetent with pulling it out sitting sure. over toilet. I just it's a whole thing. Yep. Like I have to breathe. Yep. I feel like I'm giving birth. Sure. But then someone <laughs> told us that you're not supposed to bear down to get the oh, cup. Oh, you're out. not supposed to. Yeah, because they said apparently that's not good for your pelvic floor. So what you're supposed to do is relax mm. and you can do panting <laughs> like giving birth. What the- to get out. But I really struggle to get purchase. So it's a whole thing in the shower. And last night, Hubs was in the bath with the kids and I was in the shower having a moment (laughs) trying to get my (laughs) cup out. And Rafa was like running in and out of the shower. And I was like, babe, I need you to take her in the bath because I can't get my cup out. I need to be in the zone. Family fun time. (laughs) Look, it's a whole thing. It's worth mastering. I'm committed to the cause. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I'm, I'm, you can't go back to tampons after cup life. No, you can't. You just can't. Do you know my cleaning hack? You know how the cup has little tiny holes and sometimes a bit of the blood gets stuck in those holes. So what you do is you fill the cup to the brim, whack your hand over the top and then squeeze and the water out the the holes and it clears all the blood. What 
fun. I might do a demonstration on Instagram. What fun. I feel like I've got more chat on the cup. Shall we get the intro done? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> totally. We have a thousand things to do, but we'd rather chat to you. With emails and meetings and husbands and kids, we don't have time for this. Just what you need to basic bitches with a podcast. Hello and welcome to We Don't Have Time For This. I'm your host, Gemma Pranita, aka Gemma Peanut on the gram, along with my co-host, Revs. Hi. Hello. Hi. I don't have my period. But you're about to get it. I'm waiting. Come um, on, turn up. Got the sore boobs. You're ready to bleed, Got baby. Got the bloatedness, ready to, to drop it all. <laughs> <laughs> drop your bundle as drop well. Drop my bundle. So back to the cup chat. Yeah. The thing that's driving me to commit to it, yeah. despite having a tricky time mm-hmm. <laughs> trying to get the seal... Is that I want to be able to show Rafa totally. the way. That's what's driving me. Because I think when she gets her period in however many years time, I hope by then that tampons are obsolete. Yeah, Like totally. they're just not a thing anymore. Mm-hmm. They're terrible for the environment. And that I can show her the way. And I can sit down with her and I can level with her and be like, yeah, babe, it's hard. Yeah. I had to learn how to use this motherfucking cup in yeah. my 30s. Yeah. Do your tulip, but in a half fast way and then slide it up and rotate. It sounds real <laughs> scary, but they're going to have period undies, which I'm very excited about. Thank God. Pads are disgusting. Do you remember what we had to waddle through? <laughs> yes. How could I forget? Those sweaty pads that oh. were just like nothing, not breathable, not breathable, visible, <laughs> like uncomfortable. So terrible. I will say, though, when my period undies are full. Mm-hmm. Because I don't like sleeping in a cup. I've never loved oh. sleeping in a tampon either. Oh, you sleep in your cup? To bed, I wear a cup and period undies. And does it leak? Well, no, because you're lying down. Depends if you're on the heavy gates of hell day. Could you get away with just wearing period undies to bed? But then you wake up in a squelch. <laughs> I don't like waking up in a squelch. Yeah, that's what happened to me this morning. And it was oh, not fun. No. I had to throw myself in the shower at 5am, clean out the squelch. My actual period's very straightforward once it arrives. You're lucky. It only lasts like three days. Five, oh. but like <laughs> five, but the top and tail are like, what are you even playing at? Do you know what yeah, I mean? Like, yeah. it's not really there. It's like, hi, I'm coming. Just letting you know I'm coming. I'm here for like two days. And then it's like, okay, thanks. <laughs> see you next month. Bye. See you later. I'm imagining that Homer Simpson gif backing through the hedge. Yes. <laughs> See, my period lasts a full seven days. Yeah. Yes, it's very light on for the okay. last three, but it's there. Yeah, it's, like, annoying. it's annoying. Yeah. The shit we have to go through. Oh, uh, woe is me being a woman. No, seriously. I'm annoyed at it. Yeah. Uh, do you know if you have an IUD in, you can't use a cup? Or you can, but you have to be careful. What? Because the suction of the cup has historically dislodged some chicks' IUDs. <sighs> like, the shit we have to deal with. You think you're dealing with it by getting an IUD up there for five years or whatever. And having it all sorted, but no, no, don't dislodge it. (laughs) Speaking of IUDs, are you on birth control? No, neither. What are we doing? Well, I'm abstaining. (laughs) (laughs) I'm very single. (laughs) What are you doing? Ah, you know, you're doing pull out, aren't you? Yeah, you're doing the rhythm method. The rhythm method works for us. Can I ask a really personal question? Depends. Where does he finish? What part of your body or is it not on your body or how does it, how do you do it? So, you know, in the last, oh my God, put your fucking phone on silent. You give me so much shit for this. Oh, look, it's your mother-in-law. I wonder if she wants to know where her son finishes on you. (laughs) 
<laughs> you know, in the last episode, how I was like, I can't talk about my pillow talk yeah, yeah. because my dad's probably sure. listening to the podcast. And you're like, dude, our parents gave up on this podcast many Months episodes ago. ago. Well, guess what? Oh, no. My dad listened to that fucking episode. <laughs> Good grief. I feel like I can't answer that question. He comes all over my tummy. <laughs> hey. On your tummy. Well, now we're getting really into the deep. Yeah, deets. I want to know. We frequently finish in missionary. Yep. And so where else is he going to blow his load? <laughs> I don't know, into a towel? I'm not into facials. <laughs> oh, I've heard it's really good for your skin. Oh, stop it. No, I've heard it's really good for your skin. Don't want to try it. Hit yeah. me up with some other serums, okay? Yeah, Just yeah. not that serum. <laughs> I thought you liked plant-based. <laughs> <laughs> no, that one's a burgers and chips-based serum. <laughs> <sighs> oh my God, I love it. Did you know what I don't have time for? What don't you have time for? I do not have time for people commenting on my kids' age gap. Oh, what? For context. Yes. The other day I was at a playground. There was a dad there pushing his kid on the swing and he saw me hanging out with Iggy on the other swing. And then up runs Rafa out of nowhere from yonder. God knows where she'd run to. (laughs) From over the hills. She's probably climbing some trees like a kilometre away. And she runs up to me, of course, asking for a snack. Yep. And he was like, phew. You didn't mess around. What's their age gap? And the thing is, is because Iggy's now mobile, he suddenly height wise is catching up to Rafa. And Rafa's little. She's a petite little pocket rocket for her age. And Iggy's, I wouldn't say he's tall, but he's average. Yeah. But they're 20 months apart. And I just, I don't know. There's something in the tone that he was like, oh, you didn't mess around. Mm. Like, we love to obsess about this, right? Yeah. Well, that's why we have a podcast, right? (laughs) No, I mean, we collective, the parents collective, love to obsess about the perfect age gap. Yes. We do it before we have kids. We have a grand plan. Everyone does it. Yep. Everyone just assumes they'll be able to engineer this stuff, that they'll be able to get pregnant like that. So everyone has in their head their ideal age gap. And if you have any conception difficulties, then you obsess about that dream age gap getting away from you. Yes. And you're like, oh no, I really wanted two years and now it's three and now it's four. And in the same way that when we're trying to conceive, we obsess over what I did. Yeah. The month, if I conceive this month, then there'll be November, baby. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, oh, uh, that month has passed. But if I conceive this (laughs) month, they'll be a Sagittarius. Yeah, yeah. They'll be fiery or whatever. Like it's, so absurd and I think the same conversations I had with age gaps yes so tell me Rebsy yeah how many kids did you want mm-hmm. and had you pre-planned yes their age gaps yes everything I wanted two kids two and a half to three years in between interesting yeah I wanted three kids with a two-year age gap between each one yeah right and well <laughs> well I kind of accidentally nailed mine yeah what is the gap between your two two and a half exactly why two and a half to three? Why not two? Because me and my sister were two years, nine months apart. Yeah. And so I was like, well, then that's the perfect way to do it. <laughs> because that's what I knew. Yeah, you just wanted to replicate your sister. Yeah, and like the good mum, right? Like yes. her and her sibling are three years. Yeah. Three years exactly. Because her mum planned it out mm-hmm. and was like, three years is the ultimate gap. So that's what she wanted and that's what she executed. So what's my excuse? Because me and my brother are nearly almost exactly three years apart. But then I wanted a smaller age gap. Well, because you had infertility issues and realized you couldn't control a motherfucking thing so you just took what you were given true right yep and me too it just happened to accidentally end up that it was two and a half years yeah. in between so how old was rafa when you fell pregnant with iggy one yeah fuck that but but 
talk about it now. Okay, but can I just quickly tell you something crazy? Yes. So Iggy is 20 months. Mm-hmm. And it dawned on me just yesterday. Oh my God. That he is the exact age that Rafa was when mm. I gave birth to Iggy. That's wild. It's stupid yeah. is what it is. Yeah. But the difference between Rafa and Iggy is enormous. Yeah. As a 20 month old, Rafa had heaps of language, yeah. fiercely independent. Yeah. And post Caesar delivery of Iggy with slow recovery, she was kind of a dream kid to have because she could climb in and out of her own car seat. Yeah. She could climb in and out of her own cot. Yeah. So I never had to lift her. She could climb into her own high chair. She could climb the Eiffel Tower. <laughs> <laughs> So it was a breeze for me to parent her with a newborn and nursing a cesarean scar. Mm-hmm. But I look at Iggy yeah. and I try and imagine having a newborn and I'm like, no, 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 he's a baby. He's- I remember that exact moment when Teddy was two and a half mm-hmm. and I was like, oh my God, this is the age Isla was when I had him. And, and she he- seemed way older. Way older. And I was like, he would not cope yes. <laughs> like straight up not cope if there was a baby coming into the family like so my sister just had a baby what's their age gap like yours really 20 months uh no tommy's two okay two years two years but it feels very quick <laughs> is that because tommy's like again he's a boy he's a boy he's a boy i know there's gonna be mums yep. who are gonna tell us their kids the exception cool yeah. we get it there's exceptions i believe in you i believe you <laughs> but for us and everyone i know <laughs> the boys are younger Isla, she was two and a half, but she felt three and a half. Mm. And then, but Teddy, when he was two and a half, felt two, maybe one and a half. (laughs) (laughs) So the age gap when they're different sexes, I think can feel bigger than it is. Yes. But maybe when you have, well, we don't have this, so we've got no personal experience. But like, so I was at the park the other day and I ran into the good mum. Yeah. And so she's got almost three years between her girls and it looks like three years, you know, it doesn't yeah. look like two and a half or whatever. It's like, because they're both girls, smart switched on girls, it looks like three years apart. Yeah. You know, you can really see that age gap. Yes. So I think it does depend on the genders. And the kind of kid that you have. Yeah. What's interesting is that even though my kids are only 20 months apart, the gap feels bigger. Yeah. Because Rafa feels older than a three and a half year old and Iggy feels younger. You feel like you have at least two years between them. I do. Yeah. But I do think about people who also have a 20 month age gap and have a boy first who Mm. is maybe a little bit slower to develop. Yeah. And then... Like if Iggy was your first child and then you had another Iggy. (laughs) No, or if I... Can you imagine if I had a Rafa? Oh, yeah. Fuck. Fuck. (laughs) Rafa could only be the firstborn. Exactly. She couldn't have any other place in the family. We were just talking about this and we got quite heated over this. We already know people who are on their third kid. And people, I reckon, are starting to think about their third kid. So Revs has been obsessing over this. And I I pulled her up on it because I was like... What's the psychology here? I need to dive deeper. We were just sitting at her dining table and she was like, I reckon more third babies are coming into our friendship circle. And she started naming couples in our friendship group who have pretty much adamantly said we're done. Yeah, but they're not because they haven't had a vasectomy and they're not on birth control. There's no such thing as a whoops baby. I fall into this camp and we are done with having kids. But if you're so done, why aren't you dealing with it? I don't believe you're done because you're not dealing with it. Coming on your tummy is not dealing with it. I've explained this. (laughs) I told you 
I am not shouldering the responsibility yeah, yeah, of birth control anymore. Yes. It's my husband's turn. Totally. Now, he is even more done. <laughs> so much to say. Sorry, I'm listening. I'm here with you. He is even more done than I am done. So why is he fucking around? Exactly. That's yeah. what I'm saying. It's not just us who gets to decide if we want a third baby. Why hasn't he dealt with it? It's a million dollar question. I've asked him the same thing. I was like, go and get the snip. And he's like, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'll get around Do to it. you know it. what? If I left parenting up to him, his yeah, 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 yeah would mean none of our kids are vaccinated. <laughs> <laughs> it would mean none of them will have ever had their hair brushed. None of them would be in daycare. They'd all have talons <laughs> for nails, <laughs> fucking scratching their faces. Like, you know what you need to do? You need to have a scare. You need to be like, babe. I think I'm pregnant. Or abstain. (laughs) Or abstain. Yeah. I'll be like, no sexy time until you go get the snip. But I'm sorry. I just think everyone goes, we're done, we're done. But if you're really done, you'd have dealt with it. And if you were really done, you would be on birth control. It wouldn't be like a political issue in your marriage. I'm not going on birth control because that shit fucks me up. I know. It is. I know. And I want to fly the flag for this. We shoulder the responsibility, particularly our generation, for too long, from too young, the whole time. The generation of men that we know, that we're married to and who are our friends, they have been so spoiled, like so spoiled Mm -hmm. by our managing of birth control. Our mums got us on the pill when we were 15 or whatever, and we've done all the work there. And then you're the one who then goes off that birth control when it's time to start a family. And then when you have your first baby, you go on the mini pill and then you might get an IUD and then you have to have the IUD removed and then you go on another pill. Oh, I need a nap. I know, but like it needs to be talked about. I agree. Because it's not okay. Because the hormonal roller coaster that comes with that And also the effect on your physical body, the effect on your emotions, how it affects you in your career and at work, in your friendships, in your life, with your parents, like everything. Hormones are all encompassing. Not only have we spoiled them with just handling it so they don't have to have these pregnancy scares, but... We protected them from what hormones do to us emotionally. Yeah. So we've we've always written it off as like, oh, she's on her period or like I can do anything a man could do, but bleeding, you know, and it's like we're not allowed to just say like, no, I'm on this new pill and it's fucking me up. Yeah. I'm not good at my job. I've lost all my concentration. I'm bloated. I'm hungry. You know, all the, the things it does to us. They have never had to even experiment. No. With a form of birth control. All they get to do is fucking cum tum. <laughs> you know, which sounds really fun. Yeah. <laughs> it's not cool. No, it's not cool. And this is kind oh, of... And I get that we... And, sorry, I'm on a rant. It's okay, I'm rant sorry. away. But I get, we get to this point, right? Two kids deep, mid-30s, hard into career, done with kids. And we go, you know what? Fuck it. I'm not doing it anymore. Yeah. But like, who's the one who's going to end up fucking pregnant and either having to have a termination or having a fucking third kid? You! Like, oh. yes, he'll have to have the kid too, but you're the one who's going to have to have the pregnancy and the birth and the, all the shit. I hear you. I know we're talking about age gaps, but I've just gone on a tear. <laughs> no, I 100% agree with you, Revs. Our generation are still, and particularly men, and I know I'm generalizing and all that shit, 
but we still fall into the role of mothering our partners. And that is something that I've said to Hubs. I'm not going to do that. Yeah, good on you. Don't do it. Like, I'm sorry. This is the person you married. Yeah. And I know that patriarchy Mm -hmm. before allowed men Mm -hmm. to have a very cushy existence (laughs) compared to women. Double mother, real mother, wife mother. Yeah. And you know what? We're overcorrecting now. Sorry, guys. Yeah. (laughs) You were lulled into a false sense of security and now we're smacking down. But not sorry. Because how long have humans been on earth? And they have to teach their sons to fucking take this responsibility. And you know what's funny is when I'm on one of these rants, getting on my soapbox, (laughs) yelling out all the feminist language, he's very like, I know who I married. It's okay. Yes. And And yet, and yet he hasn't gone and got the snip, but... I'm not going to be the one to book the appointment. No. I'm not doing it. Totally. I am not doing it. Because you know what? He's not the one who books me in with my obstetrician to get me on birth control. No. I handle it. To echo what you were saying before. They're spoiled. Women just handle it. They're spoiled by us doing it so young. They've grown up not having to think about it. And guess what? They still don't think about it. So I reckon everyone, let's pick a date in <laughs> October. Let's do 1st of October. Everyone drop a pregnancy scare on their partner and we'll just see what they do. Mass vasectomies coming up. See, I had this stance with my ex. I was like, I'm not booking the appointment. I have shouldered this responsibility my whole life. This is on you. Go and book your vasectomy. And now my kids are probably going to have half brothers and sisters because it never happened. <laughs> it never happened. If you want it to happen, you gotta book it yeah but you could be the contributor of that half sibling ship no you could be no are you done i'm done so i've been thinking lately because revs keeps bringing up how all of our friends are gonna she have a thinks third it's baby. a weird psychological thing where i want a third baby yeah i don't want a third baby when i'm having sex again i will be on birth control i will handle it <laughs> it's just that right now there's no need trout I- city trout Oh, drought! <laughs> Wait, what did you say? Trout city? And I was like, excuse me. Oh my god, I would never refer to you as a trout. Oh, my vagina? <laughs> but drought. Drought city. Yeah. I will handle it. Do you know what it is? I want my career and I want my body. And I have two wonderful children. I need no more. But now I've put this on a fucking podcast. <laughs> Watch me. <laughs> Watch me in three or four years time. Be like, whoops, I've got an announcement. <laughs> oh my God. This is what I'm saying. Like until you've handled it permanently. Yeah. No one can say they're done. Did you know that a vasectomy is 99.8% foolproof? Do you know what? I have a theory on this. What? I just think around all this stuff, there's always little gray areas and little doubts sewn in by the medical community for people who have affairs. (laughs) What? (laughs) Like, I know someone who got knocked up, but her husband had had a vasectomy and they were like, what? And she's like, isn't it wild? And I was like, she's had an affair. And had she? Well, I don't know. I don't know for sure. But I was like, come on. (laughs) What are the chances? I just think these things have gray areas just so to cover, just to cover (laughs) the doctor's who might want to have affairs. <laughs> oh dear. But they're reversible vasectomies. Yes. It's almost like we should give every boy of 15 a vasectomy mm. and then they have to go get it reversed when they're ready to start a family. It's safe. It's easy. It's day surgery. You can get a lunchtime one. They could go into every school and give every 15 year old boy a vasectomy. Can you imagine? I saw a statistic the other day that really broke it down crystal clear. It was about 
everything going on in Texas. Oh, don't even get me started. So if a man and a woman both have sex every day for a year, a woman in that time could only grow and birth one human life. Or twins. Okay, sorry. I'm trying to do a statistic. Okay, sorry, sorry, Can sorry. we just stay with yeah. one? One pregnancy. Yeah. If a man did that, he can potentially father 365 lives. Yeah. More. Yeah. If he's having sex with multiple people in a day. Like, and then they all have twins. And then they all have twins. It's just a real spray and see what happens situation. The point is, men have so much more fertility responsibility when you break it down just by a numbers game. Yeah. Therefore, they should be in charge yes. of birth control. Yeah. Fuck! I'm mad now! Anyway, age gaps. <laughs> Back to age gaps. I firmly believe that every single mother will stand behind their age gap sure. and explain why oh, it's, it's the best. Totally. It's because we don't know any fucking different. Whenever I see someone post on Instagram, oh my God, I can't believe I'm about to have two under two freaking out. I'm always like, it's honestly fine. Yeah. You will handle it because you have no choice. You have to. But to. Yeah. In the same way that people who have bigger age gaps are like, nah, this is the best age gap because by the time my second came along, my first was more independent and meh, 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 meh. Well, you know what? I love that my two are close in age. Yeah, unpopular opinion probably, but I reckon there's merit in bashing them out close together. Yes, you're in crazy town for a couple of years, but you get it done. The idea for me, so my youngest is four and a half, going back in Mm. to baby land. Yeah, but it's interesting that you say that because a lot of people bash out too. Yeah, whether it's a big gap. Huge gap. Yeah. And then they have either a surprise third or a planned third, but they knew after the experience of one and two <laughs> that they wanted a bigger age gap for their third. But I find that fascinating as well, that whole diving back into all your baby stuff. Yeah. And most people have given it away yeah, yeah. by that point. Or it's so old yeah, yeah. and scungy it's and time for new everything. Yeah. So my cousin has five years between her girls. Yep. And she was very stressed about that because it took her ages to conceive her second. Was she worried that they wouldn't be as close or yeah, something? Yeah, she was just like, it's too big an age gap. It's weird. Like we're gonna have so long between them. They are best friends. And she's got a mother's helper. Oh, so good. Because her baby was five mm. when she had her second. Yeah. So her, she just like helps raise her. It's amazing. And they're thick as thieves. I guess whatever you end up with, you're right. You don't know any different. And no. you will totally find all the reasons it's shit and all the reasons it's amazing. Yeah, it's echo chamber mentality. You can find anything yeah. on the internet to validate your totally. feelings. Like you would be able to find a hundred articles explaining why a four-year age gap is the best age gap. And then you would find a million why it's better to have two under two or three under three. I heard once the easiest amount of kids to have is four. I think call bullshit. I'm sorry. <laughs> That is driving a fucking bus around. Yeah, you're driving a bus. But also I think the theory is that like they have playmates. Yes. And the eldest kind of raises the youngest. Well, it's interesting that you say that because my mother-in-law is one of 10. And she sat in the older age category out of the 10 kids. And so she had to raise her younger siblings. 10. She was one of 10. I think she's number two, like the second oldest. So you can imagine how many little ones she was in charge of. Fast forward to now, I've chatted to my mother-in-law about this and she had resentment Mm. that she had to raise little ones. And so how that impacted her as an adult 
was she then waited right to have kids because back then a lot of people were mm. finishing school getting married having kids yeah, like that was kind 20s. of the trend in their early 20s i mean i know isla would love to raise a baby in her family <laughs> would she? she oh my god all she wants in the whole world is a sister oh. i know and my sisters had two boys <laughs> Like, we have no other girls. She's just surrounded by little surrounded men. Surrounded by little men. And all she wants in the world, like, you know, she's plays, she still plays with her dolls, which she's aged out of. But she just wants a little sister so bad. Shame. Shame, Shame. for her. <laughs> oh, dear. Who knows if she'd resent it as an older person. How would Rafa go if you had a third? Um, To be honest, I, like, Rafa is, she's a very self-involved kid. Like, yeah. I can see in her personality that she, do you know what's leaked in lately <laughs> that I'm not a fan of? Is competitiveness. Oh, gosh. So it's, she's uh, you. It's, she's a three. <laughs> <laughs> she's come home from daycare and they did an Olympic Games. She's a game Nazi. It's, Are you about to tell me she's a game Nazi? Well, it's suddenly seeped into her personality that she likes winning. So the dumbest shit, like... I'll be walking the laundry basket up the stairs and she'll be like, <gasps> runs through my legs and will be like, I won. <laughs> I'll be like, didn't even know I was in a race. Is- oh, but you couldn't even be like, yay. And you're like, did you? I don't know. I wasn't playing. So therefore I didn't lose. <laughs> yeah, I did do that actually. <laughs> oh my God. I'm going to be that parent that never lets their kid win. Oh my God. We'll go and do bowling. Yeah. And I'll be like, sucker, I just got three <laughs> strikes in a row. And she's like, what? <laughs> Life's not fair. Participation award. What even is that? Yeah, bullshit. I don't know. I'm into that. Wait, what? I know. <laughs> that was I'm... a sharp 180. <laughs> We're all contradictions. Yes, we are. We are. I think it's good to encourage kids to participate, but you yep. still should have first place, second place, third place. Right. And participation. And participation. And you, you're going to be fine if your kids don't come first, second or third? <laughs> no, but if they're not good at something, I'll be like, move on. Find what you're good at. <laughs> Fail quickly and move on. (laughs) So, okay, here's a question for you just to round this out. Now that you've got your family, whatever, if you could have engineered it, what would your age gap have been? Wouldn't change a thing. Wouldn't change anything. No. Would you? No, I wouldn't change anything. Yeah, and this goes back to my whole point. We could have not had this whole conversation (laughs) on the podcast because I think we can all agree that every parent will find brilliance Mm -hmm. in the age gaps that they're given. They'll find every reason to love it. The end. The end. (laughs) And what can you change about it? Nothing. So do you know what I don't have time for? What don't you have time for? Something I've been ruminating on for a while Mm. and I'm ready. I'm ready to rage. Let's unpack that shit. This is a pre-menstrual podcast. (laughs) So I don't have time for the way we expect every woman and to an extent every man to change their personality to parent when they become a parent. Expand on this for me, please. Oh, please stop me. So my sister, right? I'm sorry I'm always using my sister. She's but great content. She's my content queen. She is a born mother and she is what we expect women to be. Yeah. So she never runs out of patience. She's obsessed with her kids in a healthy way. She's interested in everything they have to do. She likes to play with them. Everything she does in her life, every decision she makes from tiny ones, like what should we buy in the shopping to big ones? Like, where should we live? What should I do with my job? She puts her kids first. Everything is family first, kids first. And her whole personality is this generous Mother Teresa, to be (laughs) honest. That's her, right? Yep. That's not me. No. In fact, I was shocked 
how little my personality changed when I became a mum. But before you became a mum, yes. so during your pregnancy, were you anticipating yes. yourself to change? Yes. Like, were you expecting this magic switch to happen? Yes. Where- I was expecting that I would suddenly care about nothing else in the world other than my kid and that everything I did would lead with kid first, right? And to an extent, it does in the first couple of years. So when I first had Isla, sure, the first two, three years were definitely led by what she needed and how our family had changed. And You kind of don't have a choice. You don't have a choice. Now, Mm. if someone asked me to describe myself, if I said mother... It would be because I felt I should. It's not at all how I define myself. Mm. And I don't think that's acceptable. You know, like I feel like we say we don't judge and we say you do you and there's no way to be a parent and blah, blah, blah. But really, when I'm having conversations with people, and maybe this is because I'm going through separation and there's a lot of assumptions in the conversations people have with me around that. And maybe that's why it's sort of brought it up for me. But there is so much assumption that, well, you wouldn't do that to your kids. Or, well, you wouldn't do that because you're a mum. Mm. Or, well, you can't work that job because you're a mum. Or, well, you just have to cop that because you're a mum. I don't know. My head is exploding. Yeah, I've got just so I've got so much I want to say on this. I guess continue. Just kick us off. I just what I feel is why do we assume there's one personality that is motherhood? I do think. This is all rooted in the fact that everyone talks about how you give birth to your baby and then suddenly you get that lioness rush of hormonal, crazy, wild, new experience of love Mm -hmm. and then off you go into motherhood. But my experience was similar to yours in that I don't define myself as mother first either. and. I think Instagram has a lot to answer for by glorifying motherhood with a capital M like status. It's funny that you bring this up because I had a conversation with a girlfriend of mine and she's pre-kids. It was such an interesting perspective shift because I mostly hang out with fellow mums and we do. We talk about motherhood and you and I created a whole (laughs) podcast about it. And she's maternal as fuck. Like she really wants kids, right? But this one time she said, yeah, I find it really interesting how... On Instagram, we talk about motherhood with such reverence, Mm. but billions upon billions (laughs) of people have been doing this. Like it's not unique. It's not new. I know people say, I'm so clever. She's like, it's biological. (laughs) Like, yes, there are people who struggle to conceive, but generally speaking, if all goes to plan, we're born to breed, you know, but people treat it like it's this unique gift. And she said... I look at people around me who become mothers and they think they're really special. Yeah, and you do. You do when you first experience it. It's like when you're a bride. You are the most (laughs) special person in the world. Don't say otherwise. Like, we've all been there. I've been there. You've been there. Hunji P. When you're a bride, when you're a mother for the first time. You think you're fucking special. You think you're fucking special. And And to an extent... You are. No, no, no. No, no, no. <laughs> you're actually not. You're not. Like my girlfriend said, you're not unique. Imagine if you put other labels <laughs> at that level. Like, 
I'm an account manager. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I'm a public servant. <laughs> but I've learned that the people that I gravitate to as mum friends are irreverent yes, mothers. Yes, we've are talked the, about this. It's, yeah. the, it's the don't give a shit mums who we, we really gravitate to. And we're happy to not do motherhood perfectly. Yes. But, and we own that. But like, okay, and here comes the contradiction because of course, really, when you boil it down, I do do everything with my kids front of mind and first. I do. But it's not conscious. But it's not, I would say for you, it's not it's, my personality. Okay. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I feel like that's different. Yes. Like, I'm like, look, I think my Instagram strapline is mother fucking art director fucking podcaster. Again, but why did you put mother? I think I probably did that because I'd be like, here, world. Here is how I'm defined. I'm a mother. It's, it's actually silly. silly. It's actually silly. If we silly. think about it. But like, so what are you supposed to put up there? Like, I get, what did you, you had like vegetarian, Sagittarian for a while. That's more interesting to me. I'm like, any basic bitch is a fucking mother. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you know? Whether you birthed a child or not. Yeah. Exactly. Motherhood comes in so many roles. This is what I mean. You're not unique and special for being a mum. No. And yet we started a podcast on yes. motherhood because we were like, this is really no, no, special. But, uh, this is the nuance I'm trying to get to. And I'm I finding it hard because there is isn't nuance around this that's what i'm saying there isn't enough nuance because once you become mother everything else is supposed to take a back seat including career well career is the obvious one but what about like i love going out <laughs> i love restaurants i love fashion well can i interject for a second because we got a little bit of heat from people yeah when you and i spent our mother's day with our girlfriends yeah because for us that was the a gift, gift. <laughs> That we were giving ourselves on Mother's Day, which was actually to, to not, not mother <laughs> time with our children. Yes. So, but then there were people who were judging us. Well, it's Mother's Day. Yeah. You should want to spend time. It's like, no, the majority of my life is yes. consumed with motherhood. Yes. I would like to give myself a day to get drunk with my friends. Yes. But also I'm really comfortable now with the kind of mum I am. But Same. It's, it's taken me, I'll say it's taken me seven years. My eldest baby. Isla is about to turn seven in a couple of weeks. So I think it's taken me seven years to one, get comfortable with my body post having babies and one, get comfortable with my personality inside motherhood. I say inside because I just don't embody motherhood as a personality trait. I know I'm harping on, but I really want that to be clear. I think it's a really important point. It's like, yes, what I do, everything I do in life, I put my kids first. Yes. Absolutely. Decisions I make, kids first. Everything is kids first. Who I am is not kids first. Who I am, I have needs, desires, wants, dreams, hopes, flaws, complications, contradictions, tastes, all those things. And that is not kid first. That's me. But can there be a symbiosis between the two and live in harmony? Yeah, but does it sometimes conflict? Of course. Because who I am is a wine-loving, restaurant-loving, frocking up person who hates having responsibilities. And that does not go well with motherhood on a Tuesday. (laughs) No, it doesn't. (laughs) So, but then there's the constant dance where I'm like, okay, there's me and then there's motherhood. Mm. And just working out how do I maintain both well? Because when you lean too hard into one, the other one suffers. Yes. So I'm just saying... I feel like the expectations we all have, including our contemporaries, not just our parents or school or daycare or our employers. I think we have it of each other. As I've been going through this separation, I've had a lot of conversations I haven't had before with other mid thirties women and men. And I've noticed that the attitude towards motherhood is, well, 
But isn't that your whole personality? And it's not. And, and it it's shouldn't not. be. It doesn't have to be. Like, I don't think it serves a single kid in the world for their mum to be just about them. Yeah. I, I, I do think when it comes to motherhood, you can almost divide it down the middle. Yeah. There are girls growing up in life who are like, I can't wait to be a mum yes. from the age of, like, I know Isla's six yeah. and she still plays with her dolls, but I, I'm talking a little bit older. Yeah. So let's go with age 13. Yeah. So you're sort of cresting your teens. But I have met friends who are like, I've wanted to be a mum since I was 13. Yeah. And I knew it was my purpose and it's everything I've wanted to work towards in life. Yes. I did not have that at all. Or no. like I was like kids. Yeah. My biological clock didn't kick in till I was about 26, mm-hmm. 27. And then I went, oh, just staring at babies with love heart eyes and going, I could do that. Yeah. And feeling very alien in my own thoughts. Cause I was like, Jen, what? Chill out, bitch. Chill out. <laughs> so another conversation to be had is that I've got two girlfriends who are actresses who both hold that claim of I've wanted to be a mother since I was 13 but then had the complication where their careers were going really well and interestingly one of them said to me oh I I have to hold off on having kids because I know that the second I do I'm not going to be interested in my career yeah and I thought huh and she hasn't had any kids yet and I thought oh that's It's really interesting because Mm. how could you possibly know that about yourself? But we do claim to know a lot of things before we embark on this journey. I claimed to know everything at 15. (laughs) Just ask my mum. She was like, oh, 15-year-old fucking Gemma thought she knew everything. But we're all smug like that and that's the journey of life. But I can hand on heart say that when Hubs and I were trying to conceive, it took us nearly two years to conceive Rafa, I remember thinking oh, I should do a little farewell to my career. Not because of all the stereotypes of how women are forced to step out of their careers, but because I genuinely thought I have fought so hard for this baby, gone through fertility treatment. I'm now pregnant. This is it. This is my everything. This is going to dominate my life and I want it to. Mm -hmm. The second I gave birth to Rafa... I was shook and a bit ashamed Mm. at how I didn't get that immediate rush of love. Mm -hmm. So when Rafa was born, I got all the motherly instincts of, I want to protect you. I want to keep you alive. I will do whatever it takes to make sure that you're okay. The I'm obsessed with you. I love you. You're my whole universe. That for me was the slowest of slow burns. Mm. It didn't come until she was maybe three or four months old. And then I was like, holy shit, I fucking love you. Yeah. Like what was my life before? It didn't come immediately. And I judged myself for that. Mm. And then I tried to engineer it (laughs) because you do that thing (laughs) where I remember friends were coming to visit me who were mothers and they'd be like, aren't you just so obsessed? And I'd be Mm -hmm. like, yes. But inside I was like, no, "No." I had someone come visit me in hospital like day two. And she's like, do you just look at her and just think no one in the world knows her like me? And I was like, yeah, nope. (laughs) I don't know her at all. Yeah. It's so funny, isn't it? How even though we've grown them Mm. for nine months and yes, we have that tethered connection 
from the beginning, but the knowing them part always yeah. threw me as well. I hate to unromanticize my entire motherhood journey from the beginning, but for me, it was so practical. It was very like, cool, hi stranger in my arms. We don't know each other, but we need to work together to figure out this breastfeeding thing. Cause that's how I'm going to keep you alive right now. So let's figure this shit out. And hey, stranger, you've done a shit in your nappies. I guess that's my job to sort out because I definitely don't want you to get nappy rash because I don't want to be that parent. You know what I mean? Like it's just this weird, practical, almost like robotic mode. And then the love grew from there. And as Rafa and Iggy get older, the more obsessed I get with them and actually the more fearful yeah. I become like, I, I hate how the growth of our worries are synonymous with the growth of our children because it's like the older they get, the more you know them and then the more you feel you have to lose, yes. which is such a terrifying thought. I feel it's really important at this point to say, I did get the rush of love day two. Totally had with the both rush. both kids? Both kids. Well, Teddy was a day later, day three, because I came home because he felt like a stranger because I applied all my feelings I'd had with Isla to him and it didn't match. Ah. because when I had Isla I did feel oh my god I love you and you're I I did feel the instant connection with her yeah but I had no yardstick because I didn't have a two-year-old yeah but when I had Teddy I had Isla already and I and I really knew her and then I had this other kid and I was like who dis (laughs) you know so but it's still I still remember both of them I remember the moment of the literal feeling of a rush of love wasn't as they were put in my arms for the first moment Although that was amazing for me too. I had a really almost movie-like experience in that way. But I did have an early rush of love. However, what I'm saying is some people do. Some people are natural born. It's almost like this is their life purpose. And that's amazing. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying, why are we so obsessed with the perfect... I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is, why do we expect everyone to fit into that motherhood trope? And probably... Back to the patriarchy. It really did serve and suit the patriarchy for mothers to be like, oh, I've made a child. Well, then now this is my whole world because Mm. it keeps us at home and it keeps us shackled to that as a personality. Men are almost never father Mm. as a personality. No, it's just it just isn't. It's not like you don't look at fucking men's Instagram bias and it doesn't say father entrepreneur. (laughs) F45 manly. (laughs) It just doesn't. It just doesn't. It's not a personality to be dad. And we give men so much elasticity in who they are. And they're a dad. Do you know what I mean? Like, whereas with women, we go, well, they're a mum. And then I want to know about the rest of them. Yeah. It's just different. It is different. I just think we just need to stop thinking of motherhood as a personality trait. Yes, I agree. What I've learned from this whole conversation is actually I'm quite selfish. Yeah. Because I want things for myself. You shouldn't outside feel un- of motherhood. But you shouldn't feel uncomfortable. No, but I do. Because yeah. society yeah. as it currently stands and with the glorification of mother on yeah. social media makes me feel like I should lean into that. Yes. And love that. And want everything that comes with that title and to be proud. I am proud of my kids. Yes. Oh my god, yes. But I'm also very irreverent yeah. about motherhood because it isn't the all-defining word of my personality. Yeah. But going back to the moment that I gave birth to Rafa and became a mum, what shocked me more than anything was that, oh, 
I haven't changed. Yes. I still same. want my career. Yes. I'm, I'm still, still impatient. Yes. I, I'm still bratty and want to outsource things. Yeah. I didn't. So I thought I would suddenly be happy to just be like, I'll do that. I'll do that. No, mm. I still don't want to get up for what I'm doing and do what they want to do. But some people do. Some people, it, they really just have so much patience and actually get genuine enjoyment from that relationship. Like your sister. Like my sister, like my mom. My mom was that kind of mom. My mom had all the time for us in the world. Mm. And she really enjoyed that role. I'm not saying it was her personality. It's just that her personality lent really well to that sort of acts of service. Yes, yes. Love, whereas my love language is gifts. <laughs> and your kids do not give you gifts. I mean, they give no, you little but, poo gifts in your nappy. I mean to them. No, I know. Like acts of service is still not one of my love languages because I've become a mum. My love languages are still gifts and quality time and words of affirmation. And my kids are covered in words of affirmation. They are drowning in it. Their egos are so big they can barely fit out the front door, but they don't get waited on in that traditional motherhood sense. Yeah. Because my personality hasn't changed. Yeah, but there's nothing wrong with that, right? No, it's I know. Like, okay, I could almost liken it to when you're married to someone in a particular profession, there's always perks. Yes. Right? So, yeah. for example... Yeah. <laughs> I love this. I love where you're going. If you're married to a chef, the perk is they can cook really good fucking food. When don't you're slide in with the cobbler's children have no shoes or whatever that they don't want to do it when they get home. Go with the idea. <laughs> Go, Jeff. <laughs> Or if you're married to a doctor or a pediatrician, you can seek their advice for your own children. And if we directly copy and paste that to motherhood, some kids are going to have uber craft parents. Yeah. You know what? We're not those parents. I'm okay with it. But like you said, your kids are drowning in affirmations. <laughs> they have so much confidence and yeah. EQ, but they don't have homemade bliss balls. <laughs> you know? And that's okay. And they don't get picked up at the bell every day. And they don't do four extracurricular activities a week. I don't want to throw shit on the other style of mum. Because that's not my point. My point is not, I've cracked it, you guys. I know how to be me and a mum. That's not what I'm saying. No, I think what we're trying to say is that whatever mother yeah. you are, yeah. just know there is no mother in yeah. existence who's got every base covered. No. However, what I don't have time for and getting jack of is this idea that when you become a mother, you become X. But the thing is, is can you blame us all for suddenly trying to fit the title or the bill? Because at the end of the day, your identity does shift. Yes. I'm not saying your personality does. No. But we all grapple and fight with who are mm, we mm -hmm. when we become a mum? Mm -hmm. And I think some people feel very at home mm -hmm. in this new gig. Yeah, almost instantly. Instantly, instinctively. Yes, this is a good way of putting I've it. I've got two friends who come to mind straight away who were a little bit troubled. They've had a bit of a checkered upbringing. They've been really unsure about their direction from a career perspective. They've sort of dabbled in lots of things but never found their thing mm -hmm. fast forward to them becoming a mum, everything clicked so in that respect I'm almost relieved for them as a friend I'm like look at you thriving it's almost like you spent 30 years searching mm. for it to be this gig mm -hmm. but when you're someone who had such clarity before you had kids it's a bit of a rude shock to the system yeah honestly I said to hubs when I was pregnant, I was like, you need to get comfortable with the idea that I might just want to focus on motherhood. Lol. <laughs> Shut up. No, but it's but fascinating. That 
that's what I expected of myself. And that's what I almost kind of wanted. Cause, totally. Because there was a part in my personality. It was like, oh, I, I get to get off the hamster wheel of work. Yeah. And I can throw myself into this project. You've never worked harder. Because I'm, I'm so project based. But the opposite thing happened yeah. where I had kids and went, oh, I want to work harder for them. I want to model this life for them. Oh, I get it. Motherhood made me more ambitious. It made me want to model being my own person and having my own goals for sure. And if anything, it's made me a more efficient worker because it sounds like we're totally overcompensating now. Look at us justifying why we're not that natural mother. It's crazy. Like, Mm. look at us. And what I think we need to do, all of us, hold hands collectively and go, let's fucking learn from this. You know how we're always joking, me before kids thinking X. And then, oh, look, it's the opposite. It's so where I'm at because I'm going through another massive life change. But people are still looking at me like what I thought before separation. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And like, I'm giving myself a lot of space now to be like, okay, I always thought I would never do X. I would never do Y. And now I find myself at a huge crossroads in life. And I'm like, oh, so just like parenthood, all the things you think you would never do that feel inconceivable that you judged other people for. Hey, look, here's where I am. Mm. And it's just like, when in life do we learn not to put that judgment on other people? It's a real human character flaw, yeah. that judgment thing. And yes. it's the hardest thing to shake. And it's such a discipline through life to check in with yourself. Yes. Sometimes when you get into the grind of life and then you can get back into that judgy mentality. I mean, Instagram is rife for it, right? You see people project their lives and you're just like, whatever. Yeah. And things can trigger you. Yeah. But I do think it's important to zoom out as we are in today's episode and just go, what the fuck am I doing? Overthinking. Yeah over labeling yeah. what I am and putting what you would do and what's right for you onto other people. Yeah. It's crazy. It is crazy. We've got to evolve beyond that. Like yeah. you told me when we were very young once and it really hit home and it's funny because we don't live by this. We judge all the time. But like you said to me, you bet. Yeah, but you're expecting people to act how you act. And it was a light bulb for me. And I was like, oh, fuck, I am. In fact, I've gone my whole life expecting people to act how I act. And what a high bar, (laughs) you know, (laughs) but also like what it's just disappointment waiting to happen. Hundred P. Anyway, can we talk about something seriously frivolous? I (laughs) know. (laughs) Do I not sponsor? You can tell we're coming into winter in our moon (laughs) cycles because we're dark and bleak and morose (laughs) and angry. Oh, just raging. Please give me a fucking not sponsored and make it light. (laughs) Okay. My not sponny today is... Something I was heavily influenced by someone on the gram, Sophie Pierce. I have coveted a carry case for a long time. Now, if you don't know what a carry case is, it's an iPhone case with a lanyard <laughs> attached to it. Yeah. And a strap turns it into a crossbody bag. <laughs> Correct. Now, you could almost align this with the bum bag. Yeah. Where it can either be super cool, fashion forward, new trend alert, or super daggy. Yes. I feel like I don't bring the cool factor with carry case. I I genuinely feel like a tourist. (laughs) I've had lots of comments, some of them with judgment, some of them (laughs) with like, hey, I feel like that's kind of handy. Carry case, I feel like is the brand that has hit my palette, my life palette. Sure. We've got like a sand color here with like a khaki strap. Anyway, carry case is spelt... 
C-A-R-R-I-E case. It's a game changer for mums if you need to free up your hands. Because let's be honest, I feel like we need to change the term wallet mum to phone mum. Stop messing with wallet mum. No, I'm, I'm... This is a hard wallet mum vibe. It's the... like, sling it over your shoulder and let's go, kids. Don't worry about the nappies. Yeah, but... The good I... mum's got us. Reps, I feel like I can't own wallet mum title anymore because I literally am a fully fledged phone mum. I bring nothing else. The other day I went to the park, Iggy shat in his nappy. Did I bring a nappy? No, because all I brought was my carry case and my phone. It's problematic. Where's your pop socket? I know. From two weeks ago. Dude, it hasn't arrived in the mail. I'm a bit dirty about it. Oh, okay. I'm going to have to chase it. I thought you were off it because now you have a carry case. Oh, no. Give me all the fucking phone accessories. Yes. Because my phone is my life. I love it. So check it it out, carry cases. Lots of beautiful colors. No, there's not. There's three color options. (laughs) But, you know, check it out. Something will... Tickle your fancy. Yeah. We'll say, disclaimer, not cheap. Okay. okay. How much I was, are you talking? I was talking to the good mum about this because she was inquiring yep. about my carry case. Yep. And I said, look, it's $90. Oh, what? Yeah. I, I, I know. That feels a lot. There's probably more affordable ones on the market. But I will say carry case, mm-hmm. the colors, yeah. okay. the quality. All right. Well, 90 bucks. Maybe it's 80 89.95 probs. <laughs> okay, whatever it is, I'm Plus here. Shipping. I, all right, <laughs> I'm here to say it's worth it. Okay, okay. all right. No, I'm, I'm, if it's worth it, let me work it. Put, Put my thing down, down, flip it, and reverse it. it. It's your flummy dip and flank yet. All right, I've, mine's very similar. Oh, it's okay. It's another wallet mum accessory. We're very in sync <laughs> because it's a silicon case for my Apple earphones, wireless earphones. It's a case for that. I got it on Amazon. <laughs> I don't know why I'm laughing, but the fact that you have to explain. My Apple wireless earphones. It's like, just say AirPods. Everyone knows what you're talking about. I never really know what they're called because the AirPods sounds like iPod and I never get it. Anyway, still, it's silicon. They come in lovely colors. I've got like a lavender color and it's got a D clip on it and I put my keys on it. And then I have similar to your carry case. It's like my AirPods keys phone in one hand, like a true wallet mum. And then I'm out the door. Can mask I, on my wrist. <laughs> yeah, I'm a mask on my wrist wearer as well. Can yeah. I just say, I think that is uber practical. Yeah. Because I've lost many an AirPod. Mm. And I feel like if you can attach those bad boys to your keys or something, yeah. just to make them bulkier, yeah. easier to find, yeah. is a win. Win. Win, win. And it's pretty. And it keeps them a bit safe. And also, I know they're mine if I'm in a situation, which I'm not at the moment, but will be again when I go back to work, where everyone's got AirPods. It's like, which ones are mine? Now I know. Mine are the purple ones. Can I just chime in yeah. and say that the Daily Edited also do some really cool AirPod oh, cases where yeah. you can emboss your initials very bougie but i have to say the winning thing with yours in particular is the d clip the d D clip d ring whatever you call it all about the d ring but it's not like a big chunky like mountain climbing d ring it's like a little chrome thing you check your keys on i'm here for it so what's the website so good amazon (laughs) (laughs) goliath goliath sorry not a small mum run outfit cue the outro one of these days we'll have an outro to our podcast. Mm. Ooh, I like it. Why not?